An American mother living in the heart of the ISIS's self-declared caliphate. Her husband, an ISIS sniper. Her 10-year-old son forced to threaten the US president in propaganda videos shown around the world. She claimed she was tricked. But where does her account end and the truth begin? All this and more in today's episode of My Friend Has Never Listened to a Podcast. Welcome back, James. Welcome, welcome. How are we doing, Oz? All good. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Do you get any chocolates? Oh, James, vegan chocolate. It's just not even worth it. Well, I found this new one, Oz. <laughs> it's called Panna. Have you have you tried it? I have. Not a fan? Mine had, There's no galaxy. Mine had almonds in it. It was so yum. Anyway. So did you get up too much over Easter? Oh, uh, just family time. It was really nice, actually. Um, yeah, spending time with the family. How about you? What did you get up to? Uh, we, we had a few wild nights, a few VR and parties and dancing on the table till the early hours. You know what Easter's all about, really. Did you get that video I sent you about <laughs> the, 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 the VR experience? Where the guy, no. the guy jumps into the... Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's it's a hazard, James. It's a real safety hazard having VR. I remember being on that board at your house, too, when you're like, okay, now don't just remember you're, you're in VR. I was like, okay. Yeah. Walking the plank in VR. That guy dove. He's like... Yeah, it's a death trap. I've told I've told Cliff it's banned. Nobody's allowed to play it. And we, we actually got to meet some new neighbours and we wouldn't let them play bar fight or walk the plank because I don't want to be held responsible for these people injuring themselves, James. Oh, it's too dangerous. All right, well, my challenge is next time I'm up there, I need to get bar fight because I haven't played that one yet. But oh. I, 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 am, I am privileged to have been one of the ones who got to play walk the plank. This week, James, we were reviewing I Am Not a Monster by BBC Panorama and Frontline PBS, hosted by the fabulous Joshua Baker. How good was this podcast? Get yourself ready, people. You and you are not. <laughs> I don't think you're ready for this podcast. Like this is so good, and um, we're going to tell you. We're going to tell you why in today's episode. We're going to tell you all the reasons why you need this podcast in and around your life. So, a really high level overview of this podcast, as James mentioned earlier, is an American lady becomes connected and married, in fact, to a. Muslim gentleman by the name of Musa, who, depending which story you believe, convinces her that they should move to Morocco to be close to his family. However, they end up in Raqqa in Syria. And my God, what this lady went through was, if she's to be believed, horrific. And I think that's a brilliant part about this podcast is that, again, you love picking these ones old, but um, I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> the whole time, every episode, you're like, so she did do it. No, no, okay, so she didn't. <laughs> oh, so she did. Oh, no, she didn't. <laughs> you're just constantly back and forth. And, and it's because this podcast is four years of phenomenal investigative journalism. And, I mean, we get, we get the privilege of listening to it over 10 episodes. But thinking about the amount of work that went into making this podcast happen, oh, blows your mind. Yeah, it does. And was it Josh Dean who also recommended I Am Not a Monster? He also said it was a fantastic listen. Yeah, so um, this was one that you came across and then we remembered that Josh Dean had recommended it to you as well. And what a listen. And 
maybe we should stick to the things that we know are true because some of the events were filmed and those we know happened mm. and some of them are pretty tragic one of the huge themes for this podcast is the impact of one person's actions and the ripple effect that they can have on the people around them so you know you think about immediately the people that were impacted the most were the children of sam and that's why she gets the most criticism right because people say why on earth did you take your children to syria and she would obviously say well i didn't know we were going to end up in syria mm -hmm. i thought we were going to morocco so one of one of these children and the video that i mentioned in the opening was a propaganda piece that was filmed by isis and starring her 10 year old son matt at the time basically calling out donald trump as the puppet master of the Jews. <laughs> this 10-year-old boy saying this kind of stuff. On, I was just like, what? But that's why they do it, right? For the shock value. Because if you are an American citizen and you see a 10-year-old American boy threatening the president of the United States, that in itself, it's just very out there and shocking and scary. They could be walking amongst us. Like the, the, mm -hmm. the idea that a boy in a fluent American accent, be spouting ISIS propaganda, demonstrating how he can put together and dismantle a bomb? And, no, and I, yeah, suicide vest. Yeah, suicide vest. Like, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's shocking. And I think that they definitely succeeded in terms of that shock value. And I think what was also shocking was when you heard the recording of Matthew being trained what to say if he saw an American chopper, so he is to run towards them and say, help, help, I'm Matthew, I'm an American citizen, and then to wait until the Americans get close in the chopper and then to detonate his vest. Mm -hmm. How can you do that to a child? That's what blows my mind. It's a real low value on life, oh, you know, yeah. that these people have for what I assume, what can I only assume they, they believe to be a greater cause. But why get the children involved? I don't know why they just can't... Like, if it's your choice to be that way inclined, then fine. But this child is 10. He doesn't even understand what he's saying. He's just reading a script. And I think that that's the, yeah, that's the inhumane part of it. You're, you're putting such low, low value on other people's lives. If you want to make that choice for yourself, go, go right ahead. But brainwashing children into to doing your, your deed just seems really despicable. Something else that I found really interesting listening to I Am Not a Monster was... The connections that were brought in in terms of human traffickers to try and get Sam and the children out of Syria. And then that turns out to be a whole different plot twist as well. So just when you think this could work, you're taken down a different rabbit hole and you realize that this is such a murky area. Syria itself is you know, it's not an easy country. You can't just go to the local embassy and say, hey, I need to leave. Can you get me a flight back to the States? It is, once you're there, you're pretty much trapped. And if you want to get out, you're going to have to do it via illegal means, potentially. It's the middle of the night and Mao has just come to my room. Um, we've just had the phone go off and they've just started messaging me right now. Through total luck, someone we know in England has just got in touch They've been talking to a friend of theirs, someone they say is a powerful Syrian man, who's heard about an English journalist, me, turning up to bases looking for an American, Sam. This powerful Syrian man wants to know what we're up to, 
because he might help us. Um, one of the things this person is saying to us is that the American authorities are quite concerned about the safety of Sam and they're certainly involved and they're trying to block anyone seeing them, particularly us. Um, but this person sort of holds the keys, it looks like, and has just messaged me as I've been speaking, saying, can you send me uh, your address? This makes me nervous. I don't know who I'm dealing with. Meeting this man could be dangerous. We're in Syria. There's a risk of kidnap. And up until now, people haven't really wanted us to meet Sam. Here's where we look at how Josh Baker became involved or or decided to even investigate this story. So for a bit of context, Josh was actually in Syria reporting when he was victim to a, a bombing of some description and was really severely injured. Then got wind of the story about an American lady and her family trapped in Raqqa, which is in the heart of ISIS's caliphate, and wanting to escape but being held prisoner at the time. So he starts investigating how this family ended up there. And yeah, this is where the the beauty of the podcast comes from, just the, the layers upon layers upon layers that he explores and finds out along the way. And he tracks her for years and years. We're talking, like, this is four years of his life invested into you know trying to understand exactly what happened but that's four years presently but in terms of how far he went back in her past trying to figure out who what kind of a person she was you know talking Mm -hmm. to people from her school her ex-husbands around or ex-partners around is she the kind of person that would go over and do this intentionally and and the reports are so varied i think that's one of the things that really messes with your brain through this podcast because it's like no she wouldn't Yes, she would. No, she wouldn't. Yes, she would. And you're- some people are like she's naive. Other people are she's a snake. She's some an people are like seeker. she's yeah. She just does it for the attention. She just does it through for the thrill. But then you hear from Sam herself, and she's saying, "There's no way I would put my children through this knowingly." Again, I talked about the ripple effect at the beginning. So the immediate ripple effect were her her, her children. So Matt was one of them, and she had. Two others? Mm-hmm. As the ripples get wider, you start to then hear from the rest of her family. So you, you hear from her estranged sister and her estranged parents. And what I found really, I don't know if it was heartwarming or the fact that it didn't matter how estranged the sister was. And the sister didn't even know that she was in Syria. The sister thought she was in Texas. When she started receiving these emails from Sam and videos of her nephew, you could just hear that she still cared. And I, you, oh, you, it yeah. doesn't go into what happened and how they became estranged or anything like that. But it spoke volumes in terms of that kind of love that you have for a family member and how it can, yep. it's still there regardless of what happens. Yep, yep. And even if, even if you don't like the mother, they're still your nieces and nephews mm-hmm. that she has now in a, ver- you know, in a war-torn city. Yeah. In a very dangerous environment, you would want to get. And yeah, so you, you, you then start hearing the impacts of this one person's behavior, not only on her immediate family, but also on her parents and on her sister and on her ex-partner and friends from school. And yeah, it just starts to widen and widen and widen. And Josh did an amazing job of making sure that he was able to encapsulate all that into the episode. So yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. And it does take you on a journey because sometimes you're on some side and then you think, how could she do this? And it's very up and down. And James, what do you think was the impact of Musa on 
Sam's life and her children's life? And would any of this happened without him? Well, let me paint a picture for you because I feel like I've come across people like Musa or with Musa-like characteristics. I've never met Musa. So no. Where did you meet these Musas? Well, it was when I was living in Dubai. And if okay. anyone of my friends or acquaintances or fans, I don't know if you're out there listening right now. Um, who, <laughs> All the fans yeah, of James's yeah, yeah, yeah. fans. Uh, who, who have been in Dubai. You'd remember that there was this term where a lot of Western girls would head to the Middle East and they, they would call it being Lebanized or sort of Arabized, where these girls from Western countries would head to uh, a foreign city and not be ready for the way that these gentlemen can lay it on thick and remind you of just how beautiful you are and how you deserve the world and how they're going to give that to you. And, and that, that's not a bad thing. But I think a lot of Western girls head over there having not experienced that before. You know, by all accounts, people that talked about Musa uh, spoke about him being, you know, extremely charming and, you know, courteous and, uh, yeah, wanted, you know, very much wanting to pay for things. And, yeah, it just, it just gave me all these flashbacks. For me, the fact that when Musa joined ISIS and joined the war, Sam was happy because she wanted him to die. That's how scared she was of him. And then Matthew backed up that story that when he was eventually killed by a drone strike, they were happy because in their eyes, their captor was now gone and they were potentially free to come back to the States. And, and this is the other question that the podcast poses. Was she a captor or was she there participating in that same behavior as well? Okay, James, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot. I'm going to paint a picture for you. Mm-hmm. So... Jenna's pregnant at the moment. Mm -hmm. Let's fast forward and say she's had the baby. Mm -hmm. And then you turn around to her and say, hey, I've decided that we're going to start a new life in Morocco and we're going to fly there. We're going to sell everything and we're going to start this fabulous new life in Morocco. However, you sell everything and then the flight that you end up on lands in Turkey. And you say to Jenna and your baby, why don't we just spend a couple of weeks here going to nice restaurants, going to shopping malls, really living it up. And then all of a sudden, one night, Jenna finds herself in a car being taken somewhere. And then you get to a border and you say to Jenna, give me your bag. So she gives you her bag. She gets out of the car. She's forced to climb over a wall. Her children are taken from her and she finds herself in a, in a locked room with two other women who don't speak English. That that could happen, right? That could happen. Could it though? Because in so many of those instances, I was like, how did you end up in the car? How did you... Because you trust your partner. If you say to Jenna, get in the car, she doesn't say, no way. Uh, excuse me. I, I would hope that my wife has a little bit more, <laughs> more thought than just to follow blindly into something that I do and maybe ask a question or two as to what are we doing? Where are we going? Why are we leaving in the middle of the night? Why are you asking me to climb over this wall? Whose car are we in? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I would bloody hope. Jenna, if you are listening and you ever ever experience anything like that, please question me, all right? Wow. Um, Jenna's got more foresight than I have because as I was listening to that, I was thinking, yeah, do that. Oh, yeah, if all of a sudden we just landed somewhere and Cliff said we're spending a couple of weeks here, I'd be like, yeah, okay, fine. And then if he said get in the car in the middle of the night, we're going on an adventure, I'd be like, yeah, sure. And then if he said give me your bag, I'd be like, hell, yeah, no worries. And then all of a sudden I've got no passport and no money and I'm locked in a room. I'd be like, well, that was a bad choice. Oh, shit. Trusting you is a bad idea. <laughs> but then in one breath you'd hear her say that and then in the other breath you'd hear her say, 
But he had my child in his arms and he was walking across the border. So what else was a mother supposed to do other than follow? Yeah. So with, well, I don't know. Then this, this is, listen, this is one of the reasons why you need to listen to this podcast because mm-hmm. you need to make up your own mind. You need to, to um, fill in the blanks and it's the beauty of Josh's both presenting and also journalist, journalistic style is that he gives you enough information so that you can make an informed decision. But I don't think everyone's going to land in the same place. No, definitely not. And what solidified it for me was the last episode when Josh got to spoke to Matthew and you got to hear Matthew's side of the story. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's when I said, I am now fully team Sam. She is not a monster. She is not a monster. Or is she? um, Because I didn't end up there. Really? Um, and I think I think the fact that we both landed in two different parts or two different places is why mm. you need to listen to this podcast. Like J- Josh yeah. Baker and the team at BBC have done such a fantastic job at bringing this together. And let us know what you think. If you think that Sam went willingly and she knew she was going to join ISIS or if she was tricked, let us know. I thought it was so well produced in the fact that it didn't necessarily raise all those kind of political questions or kind of go into too much about Josh himself. I thought it was beautifully presented in the way that he made the focus on a family and how that family was impacted by this event, not how he yeah. was in, impacted by it as a journalist or not, um, you know, with any kind of political angle or skew. I thought, thought it was just a really great story that was built on fact, um, but, yeah, based around... Very unbiased. Yeah, Totally. Like we're talking about half a decade. Unlike of you this. and I, James, that are like throwing our opinions <laughs> left, right, and center. Hey, we'll give them to you if you're asking for them. All right, but yeah, no, <laughs> but we are so keen. You have to let us know once you've listened to "I'm Not a Monster." Where do you end up, and what is your final thought when it comes to if she is or not? Is Sam a monster, or is she just a very trusting woman who got deceived by a rotter? Mm. Maybe Moose is the monster. In every episode, you are given. Just enough information to make up your mind so that by the next episode, it can be changed again. (laughs) Yes, yeah. It's the journey. We want to say a huge thank you to Josh Baker and the whole team at the BBC, Panorama and Frontline PBS. You did an amazing job pulling this podcast together. We also want to say thank you for giving us exclusive access to original content in the making of our podcast. All right, Ollie, I know for you, you live in Ely Beach, uh, so it's Mm -hmm. summer all year round. And you've probably got your finger on the pulse when it comes to where to go and what to do. But if I was coming to Ely Beach and I wanted to know what I should be doing with my time, what would you recommend? Well, James, if you were coming to Ely Beach, I'd say just call me. (laughs) But if you are coming to the Whitsundays for some winter sun and you want to know the best things to do and day trips to go on, you can head straight over to earlybeach.com. You will find all the best cruises, day tours, activities. It's a one-stop shop where you can be guaranteed the best price on 
all of the trips available in the Wet Sundays. Yeah, never mind walking down the streets having to hustle with different promoters and different tour shops. And James, there are so many in Ellie Beach. It is just tour shop after tour shop trying to sell you this boat tour or this snorkeling trip or this white haven visit. EllieBeach.com has absolutely all the tours that you could possibly dream of and they are guaranteed the best price possible at your fingertips so if you want to know what you should be doing and who you should be spending your time with in early beach or the wit sundays make sure you head to earlybeach.com for all your needs now i was at this point of the podcast i'm always curious what else is happening in ollie's good ear well interestingly that you should ask because as i mentioned Sam was happy when Musa got killed. And I've been listening to another podcast, very different, called Goodbye to All This. In this podcast, her husband also dies, but under very different circumstances. So Goodbye to All This is a BBC World Service podcast, and it's hosted by Sophie Townsend. And it's a story about a family who find out that the father and husband has cancer and it's the emotional roller coaster that they go on and it's a really raw honest podcast where she talks about her guilt when he was very poorly she was actually thinking to herself will you just die already this has been going on for so long and it's so hard for me and the family to see you in so much pain and then the guilt that she feels when he dies and it's so brutally honest and beautifully made and I think more people need to understand that when people are terminally ill with cancer it's not a straight road there are lots and lots of ups and downs and you experience emotions that you would never even have dreamt of. And honestly, James, I think listening to this podcast really gave me a new perspective on some of the challenges that not only the cancer sufferer, but also the family is faced with. Oh, well, it sounds very heavy, but it sounds mm-hmm. like um, a really rewarding listen if, um, if you're up for that. So if you are up for the challenge and you're looking for another podcast, Goodbye to all this is what's happening in Ollie's good ear this week. Oz, I need to bring it back to me for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I am curious, what have you got for us this week? What, what have you got for our listeners of my friend has never listened to a podcast? All right, James, I'm just going to say this name and see if you've ever heard of it before. Have you ever heard of a gentleman who goes by the name Suave? I'd like to think a few of my friends uh, think they're a little bit of a, a suave, um, <laughs> but uh, no, I have not. Have you ever heard of PRX? Does that ring any bells? Is it anything to do with fitness? No. no. Think one of the first podcasts we ever reviewed. Oh, is it a prison? Yeah. Do you remember who made what other podcast PRX made? Yes, they made Ear Hustle. They sure um, did. With Elon Woods and Nigel Kapoor. Kapoor? Yeah, you're... No, yeah, Ni- Nigel Poor. Nigel Poor. Nigel Poor. Nigel Poor. And Nigel Poor. Yep. So this is a collaborative podcast between Futuro Studios and PRX. And I don't want to tell you too much about the story itself, but you've already guessed that it has a prison connection. And this is a phenomenal journey, another journey, 
uh, emotional roller coaster about a gentleman's life from being in prison to getting out of prison to how it affects relationships, how it what it's like for somebody to return to like civilized life, if you like. Mm. And this journalist, uh, Maria forms a really strong connection with him and they speak all the time. And it's also made by Maddie Freeling, who also made Unjust and Unsolved, which you might remember was one of my Ollie's Goodyear mm. recommendations a couple of weeks ago, James. So it's really nice to see these podcasters reaching outside of their original podcast and going and doing some more deep dives into individual stories. Working on different projects. Yeah, that's awesome. You're going to love this, James. This has probably been one of my favorite podcasts of the year. Ooh, all right, people. We'll get excited because this week on My Friend Has Never Listened to a Podcast, we are listening to Suave. So uh, get that downloaded and listen to it, and we'll be talking about it on next week's show. And there's only seven episodes. Oh, too too easy. I feel like this – I'm actually, no – Thank you, Oz. I would just, um, I'll just appreciate that because if I say it's too easy, you'll give me like 30 next week or something like that. So You will. Perfect. Well, uh, as always, a massive thank you to all our listeners for tuning into this week's episode of My Friend Has Never Listened to a Podcast, reviewing I Am Not a Monster by BBC Panorama and Frontline PBS, hosted and reported by Josh Baker. We love to hear your thoughts on the episode, so you can get in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or you can send us an email at myfriendhasnever at gmail.com. Now, if you like the episode, one way that other people can find us is if you leave us a review. So drop us five stars and leave us a comment because it really does help other people find us. It really, really does help other people find us. I cannot stress enough. It takes less than five seconds to give us a five-star review. And if you want to give us a written review, then extra 10 points to you. You get 10 points. Um, and you get 10 points. <laughs> a huge thank you to our editor, Jeff May, for making us sound wonderful. And as always, a huge thank you to MJ from Multidesign for our theme music. All right, James. I'll talk to you on the other side. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you on the other side. <laughs> <laughs>